We're rolling. What's up, fellas? Nothing much. Camera's up there. Be sure to look in the camera the whole time. I'm just kidding. You don't have to look at the camera. (laughs) The entire time. Just stare at it. (laughs) All all three of us. While we're talking to each other, never look at each other while we're talking. Um, Eye contact is for pussies. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He gets it. All right. So, we got Caleb. What's up? We got Cody. Hola, senor. The double C. The double C. You guys, um, you guys do a lot of uh, a lot of music together. Uh, we just started playing together this past May. I do a lot of side projects myself, but we we started in. Oh, there you go. We started last May, and uh, we just decided to form our own group a little time after that, and we've been rolling ever since. Yeah, yeah. rolling fast. What's that group? Uh, Live Oak Moonshiners. <clears throat> Live Oak Moonshiners. Um, yeah, I posted some stuff that one time, but then uh, we had to reschedule and stuff. So yeah, yeah, because you, because <laughs> fucking baby, man, <laughs> that's like I can't believe we had to reschedule this show. Yeah, uh, with the five people listening, yeah, you had to put All them over off over a fucking baby for God a baby. I mean, like, how many babies are in the world? How many are born every day? Thank you, a lot. Yeah, a lot. and and you think yours is is so special? <laughs> <laughs> How's that going? It's going. Um, is that why you're drinking a monster right yeah. now? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's going well. He's um, I think he's about two, three weeks old now. Yeah, he's still a little asshole, but you know, love him to death. Yeah. Well, once an asshole, always an asshole. So I mean, he comes from me. So yeah, there you go. It fits well. Uh, <clears throat> I just got a puppy, so I also didn't sleep last night. Yeah. Um, I've actually never heard. Uh, the kind of sounds that come out of this puppy from any other dog in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we put her in the crate at night and she screams bloody murder. I've had a lot of dogs in my day, but I've never had one that just, I mean, it hurts my ears, you know? Like, yeah. And I've had, a, and I've had a baby, right? Yeah. But there's, there is not a baby cry in the world. I've heard that is like this. It's, um, it is something else, but my dog kind of gets the same way. Like, I mean, he'll—he's not that old now. He's only about four, or five months, something like that. And uh, he's uh, Anatolian Shepherd and Blue Healer. But I, I swear to God, like, you put him up in the crate and he goes full husky right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's what she does. Just like, he even does that weird <coughs> thing where like he presses up his nose against the against the crate, and I'm like, dude, you just. You're not even making yourself look cute at this point. Like, mm-hmm. how do you think I'm going to let you out now? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, puppies, man. I don't know why I did it. You know, I just saw it and I was like, ah, damn, that is a cute puppy. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's almost immediate regret, but, oh, yeah. uh, but, but she's cute. So I'll keep rolling with it. You guys, um, are you guys looking for uh, anybody for, Live Oak Moonshiners, yes. uh, you looking for to fill out the roster? Yes. Yeah, we've had some trouble lately to actually get some people. Some some of the things is just personal matters. The other stuff, people are just too busy, and which is understandable. It's hard to find people to actually be committed to one group. Yeah. yeah. And like with the <clears throat> with the goals that we have for this band, because of the just like outpour of success that we've gained within what since may mm-hmm. we this is our full-time job but we also <clears throat> we see a really good possibility of us 
actually making it to the point of a record deal, to the point of touring, all that. So mm-hmm. we we want people to have the same kind of mindset. And I'm not saying don't have a life, but yeah, at the very least, like commit a little bit, you know. Yeah, that's uh, that is necessary for yeah. um, for any artistic endeavor and music. Uh, been there a few times, and uh, but my problem is, is I, um, I I get what people call shinies, you know, and uh, I'm like, oh, this is really fun, and then two months later, I'm like, yeah, but that could be fun over there. That the thing over there looks really fun. So I do that. And that's you make a medicine for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been told that, <laughs> that too, but I've never had a, a doctor's diagnosis. So I just, I just, you know, it's um, it's one of those things where like I, I've, all these times I feel like uh, there's something wrong with me, but if I go to the doctor, then it's real. Yeah. If I don't, I brush it off long enough, it's gone. You know? No. Yeah. When I got prescribed or when I got uh, diagnosed with ADHD, I was like, oh, you know, fucking sick. So all these years, 27 years of being a fucking crackhead, and there's a reason for it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, I've never done crack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Neither did I. It just came natural to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It also helps, like, with the band stuff, I'll say, with the guys in the group, we're actually friends. <laughs> Yeah, we, that makes a difference because me and him hang out all the time and we don't even talk about the band stuff. Yeah, and it also helps like beneficial for the group. I was like, if we're friends and we get along, that makes the music better. Yeah, that and it's just better stage presence, you know. Because me and Cody, we have our we have our banter on stage, you know. And I mean, like that's <coughs> that's what a lot of people see and what a lot of people like is us, like you know, kind of fucking with each other. You know, I'll give him shit, he'll give me shit, kind of stuff. Um, but also it's just, it's less bullshit if you, if you can hang out with the guys in your band too, you know? Yeah. I mean, there there at least has to be some kind of similarities where you can get along. Uh, I mean, I think there's plenty of professional bands that had, have had a member drop and they have to get, they have to pick someone up and you know, they might not hang out all the time, but they at least have to have some kind of cohesion there Mm -hmm. to to stay together. Cause like, what's. I feel for me personally, I feel like what's the point of being a band if you're not gonna like anyone in your band or anything or Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's and some people just aren't they're not the you know, they're not good with people anyway. <laughs> Other people, so they're just like, Man, music is not for you unless you're going solo because yeah. you you have to every aspect of music, you have to be able to talk to people. Not just your bandmates, but you have to be able to like be personable to people, you know, like you can't be, you know, a fucking asshole to some person that comes up and said, Hey, you know, you did great or this or that. You know, like can't brush them off. You know, you got to talk to people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I like talking to people. So I was, I was always pretty comfortable with that, but, um, I, I went, I went through a lot of bands cause I just, I get, I get shinies, man. Yeah. I'm going to play guitar over here and then I hear some other band play and I'm like, man, I like their sound and they don't have a guitarist. <laughs> and I talked to them and they're like, yeah, can play with us and I do and then and that's why I don't play music anymore because yeah. <laughs> I just moved around too much I don't have the um the the musical uh commitment that you need to uh, what was that post you tagged me in the other day says if I'm in multiple groups I'm what oh polyjamorous <laughs> I had saw that this yep. morning that was that was good I liked that <laughs> polyjamorous because like currently I play in four groups at the moment 
Yeah, but drummers, like, that, that's kind of a drummer thing, isn't it? I guess, yeah. Like, I've never not known a drummer that wasn't, <coughs> I've never known a drummer that wasn't in, like, three or four different bands. Yeah, drummers are whores, I, I can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like to say, I would like to say the difference with me is I, I manage a lot of my own stuff. Yeah. And help manage this band, and I book shows. Yeah. You play with a lot of MCC stuff too, don't you? Like the uh, yeah, for school I do the ensembles. Like for example, this week I'm gonna be a part of the Adams Family musical. Nice. I'm playing drums in that. That's cool. It's a good paying gig too. It pays like it pays six hundred bucks for the whole week. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad. That's cool. Adams Family, huh? That's um, that's interesting. I like Adams Family. Is that inspired by the new show? Is that why you guys decided to do that? I don't know why they decided to do it, but when I got called to do it, I was hesitant to do it at first because I'm so used to playing rock and roll all the time. And now I have to follow a conductor and say, hey, you can't dash the drums the whole time. <laughs> I was like, why the fuck not? Yeah. <laughs> so it's taking me out of my comfort zone right now. But I think after I get through this first night on Thursday, things will be fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, do you think playing different styles uh, helps with like Live Oak Moonshiners or other projects? Like I being th- able to kind of move outside of the boundaries of rock and roll? You I know? think just playing, I think for any musician, just playing any style, it helps benefit your playing. Like, I know for me, I use a lot of Latin stuff and marching stuff in my playing, and it shows. Like, I know a lot of drummers will say, I'm speaking as a drummer, but a lot of drummers will say, oh, I, I'm i inspired by John Bonham and Neil Peart. Neil Peart. And those are great drummers, but I'm also inspired by Mark Riley, who's the head guy in the Army Fife and Drum Corps, and John Pratt, who's also a famous like Civil War snare drummer. I use their chops in my playing. Yeah. Can you imagine if John Bonham was a Civil War, Civil War drummer? They wouldn't need any soldiers. No, they wouldn't. He w- he would blast them to smithereens with his, <laughs> with his drumming. Hell yeah! Go out there with a kick and just smash the shit out of it. Bam! Just, yes. This, this shockwave just take out a whole army. Um. <coughs> yeah, I like uh, I like John Bonham, Neil Peart. Mm-hmm. A little excessive sometimes, I think. But oh yeah, for sure. His kit was fucking ridiculous, but um. Fucking Mike Portnoy or something. <coughs> yeah, I mean, um, Dream Theater, right? Yeah, Dream Theater. Yeah, he's been on like Modern Drummer, Drummer of the Year, like a mm-hmm. hundred times in a row. You know, I don't know, but uh, I'm a fan of like Danny Carey. You know, I've seen Tool three times. So yeah, I like Danny. I, I, I just he's he's so fucking huge, man. He's like a lumberjack back there, just chopping away. You know, it's like, and you could just. You could put like a whole, like a redwood where his kid is, uh-huh. and he would chop it to pieces, you yeah. know? He's a, a large man. <clears throat> I've also been inspired by this jazz guitar player. His name's Charlie Hunter. Mm-hmm. He's so good. And I followed this approach when I play drums. I listen for melodic hooks. Like, when he sings and plays guitar, I listen to his vocal and guitar patterns, and I try to match the feel to what he's singing. Yeah, that's cool. It's uh, a way to approach it. Like with with the rhythm 
you match like the tone with rhythm or you try to match with your toms like the tone of the toms or... yeah i try to match like the tone of the toms with his vocals where he's going with it okay and the guitar yeah so maybe if he's like if he's like if he's if he's gonna sing a high note then i'll play like on a crash cymbal or something okay or if he goes down in a soft course or whatever i'll play a tom fill and slow it down whatever yeah, that's cool. I, like I that. try to I try to like throw him uh, like a couple wrenches in it, try to pick <coughs> him up like on stage, and I swear every time, every time he gets it on the money, I'm like, dude, fuck you, that's not even fair anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good approach. Try to uh, try to fuck up your drummer live on stage. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I mean, he's the only drummer that I've ever actually been able to do that with because Cody. I swear to God, like I'm not trying to blow smoke, but Cody never fucks up. Every single show. And he's told me, like, oh, well, I fucked up on that. No. No, you didn't. No, you did not. Shut up. No, you did not. The machine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's not surprising to me. Because I, I, all I ever see you post or talk about is drumming. So I'm like, this dude just, like, lives drumming. I mean, he just breathes it. He just goes mm. to sleep and he's a little drummer boy in his head. He's going all night. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's cool. What what do you do? So, what are your projects, uh, Cody, outside of Live Oak Moonshiners? Uh, right now, I I play with three groups: uh, Joel Wood, Donna Beckham, and Larissa Boyd. Okay. And they're like the Larissa Boyd band, Donna Beckham band, Joel Wood band. Creative. It's yeah, <laughs> I like it. It's creative, but <laughs> you know they're good people, and I enjoy doing it with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I was actually with Larissa Boyd last night at the Stockyards. Okay. In Cowtown? In Cowtown. Cool. I um Joel Wood, I've seen the name, and it's probably from you posting it yeah. more than anything. What was the second one? Uh Donna Beckham. I don't know that one. Uh she's from West. Okay. Larissa Boyd I've seen around. She's like a younger girl. Yeah, right? she's a young girl. She's yeah. eighteen. Yeah, I've I've I don't know. I was looking at uh I was just like going on youtube and i was just like looking up local people and then it put me on this whole algorithm of like local people and i'm like oh cool now i can check everyone out you know it's like um uh there's there's one girl that i want to have on a show at some point i need to reach out to her jonah may love jonah yeah i need to, I need to reach out to her jonah may is awesome she's been a really big supporter of us yeah she's the whole reason that i got even got back into music i um i took like a at least at least five year hiatus from playing yeah and because uh, I was I was so like caught up in my job because I worked in fire and EMS for about eight to ten years somewhere around there, um, and then random odd jobs you know on patrol as security and stuff like that. Um, and uh, me and a buddy of mine went to <clears throat> back when we had um, backyard saloon downtown. Went over there, had a couple drinks. They had just so happened to have an open mic night. And he told me, it's my buddy Brandon, Brandon Tapp, name dropping the hell out of him. Um, but he, he, uh, he like just kept on pressuring me and pressuring me and pressuring me to go on stage. And finally he was like, listen, it's either you go on stage or you pay my bar tab and I plan on drinking tonight. And I was like, let me run back home, grab my guitar, I'll be right back. Um, That's and, good pressure. Uh, oh yeah. Ended up doing, because it was a singer-songwriter night thing. Yeah. So I ended up doing like one original uh, damn near got a standing ovation, and Jonna, Jonna and her father were both like, "Dude, you, you can't stop. Like, you have to continue this now." And cool. just haven't really turned back since. Uh, he sent me that same video when I first met him. 
So as I tell people all the time, like how we met. So I would always post videos of looking for singer songs. He ghosted me like a hot girl on Tinder. Yeah, I ghosted him for about six months. Yep. Yeah. He messaged me on Facebook. He was like, hey, man, my name's Caleb. I'd love to play with you. I was like, I never met him. So <laughs> I was like, like, yeah, get no. the fuck out of here, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck are you? And, and, and maybe it's an asshole thing to do, but I was like, if I don't know you, I'm <laughs> but we had a, I had a show at Tokyo one day and I and he kept he wouldn't stop so I was like you know what I'll give him a shot so yeah. and then reached out we played and here we are yeah there you go. did not take long yeah you got to get to know the machine before you can play with him Damn, come on man now you know that you gotta oh. earn your right yeah you gotta earn it so um got your three you're doing MCC what are you doing. Uh, so really, it's just um, Live Oak Moonshiners, and I just uh, I just pulled together my little like experimental solo project called Meliora, um, which is uh, loosely based off the Latin or the Latin definition of Meliora, which was uh, like the pursuit of better things or something like that, which kind of ties into the whole like self improvement thing and all that. Um, but realistically, it was just a uh, just something to, to fuck around with, learning how to use, you know, uh, Cakewalk and my new interface and all that, and just kind of playing around, seeing what, see what I can come up with. Whereas Live Oak Moonshiners is like, we started out country, um, just didn't really feel honest anymore, so we're moving more towards the alternative rock, but still having our country feel. And then Meliora is just fucking all over the place. Like, I mean... I'm doing stuff that's metalcore. I'm doing stuff that's, um, like, I guess, what's the term? Gent? Like, prog metal? Gent? Yeah. yeah um, I, like, I like gent. Yeah. Um, I could never understand that. So. <laughs> but I'm, I'm playing around with that, like, just odd timings and all that. Um, yeah. And then more acoustic-based indie, and you could even go as far as calling it, like, acoustic emo, or acoustic emo. Okay. Like, my Spotify playlist. Um, all right, well... And really just kind of fucking around and see what I can come up with. Let me know the shows you're not playing acoustic emo and I'll come to those. That's a bet. <laughs> <laughs> the gent, I'll, I'll, I'll check that out though. Yeah, that's... Um, Tesseract is one of my favorite bands ever. Tesseract? So, yeah. Hell yeah. I love Tesseract. Um, well, I was introduced to gent, gent, like original gent, mm. uh, with Meshuggah first yes. in like 2002. Yeah. And, uh, and it, I mean, it changed me. Like, I felt my neurons growing yeah. in my brain, and they were, like, growing in a different direction than they should have, I think. <laughs> and that's when I, I, I knew I was gent. What is gent? It sounds like an experimental drug. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a culture, man. It's a, li- <laughs> it's a lifestyle. I couldn't understand it. <laughs> well, it, so gent typically is, uh, is, is marketed with off timings, uh-huh. you know, and then a very, like, percussive guitars. Very, that's that's yeah. pretty much gent. Is Literally, it? because the guitar makes the gent sound. Like, isn't that how it was like fully described? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was. It was. I think it was um, Misha Mansoor from Periphery who yeah. who probably made up that that term or <laughs> something guitar, like no it. Gent. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think those were some of the the yeah, Meshuggah was obviously the first one, but I think they weren't. And they wouldn't describe themselves as gent, but I think it was the first generation of bands who kind of modeled their sound off of Meshuggah, but with more melody, 
Because, you know, uh, Meshuga is just discord and chaos, you know, all the way through. But you take that and add a little melody to it. And I think that's because that was like, um, uh, yeah, because there was like Tesseract, uh, Periphery, uh, Viljarta. um, I still listen to Viljarta. Oh, yeah, I do every now and then. um, They're great. Um, uh, Veil of Mayo had a lot of that, too. mm -hmm. Veil of Mayo was a little more metalcore, but... They still had a lot of gent influence, but um, Born of Osiris was more metalcore yes. too. But Born of Osiris second album, um, higher higher, like what is it called? Higher being? No, I don't remember. But their second album is one of the one of the greatest metal albums. I would even go go as far to say like um, <coughs> like granted they're more on the on the heavier like deathcore side, but uh, Rings of Saturn. Oh yeah, like for, for sure. sure, like they. Uh, the way I forget the guitar's fucking name, but uh, I mean, whatever. the way the way he finds his way across that's, the fretboard of a fucking nine string guitar. Yeah, like. it's ridiculous. <laughs> that's just that's stupid. That's dumb. <laughs> I listen to people like that. That's dumb. I can't. I can't even fathom that. Like I've um, watched. I've watched playthroughs, and it just pisses me off. Because I'm I'm sitting here like you know what I'm gonna just put my guitars up. I'm done. Fuck yeah. Oh <laughs> well, you know that that generation of like uh, of deathcore guitarists. Because they have that, um, I don't know, like the, the the kind of like just blasty death, but then they have those melodic solos that are mm-hmm. insane. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you, that shit used to get me off. You know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I'd listen to like, I mean, when I the first time I heard that Born of Versailles album, I was like, this is different. Yeah. I'm just. Uh, I'm I'm kind of kind of got a half wood going on right now, mm-hmm. but um, so Mel, Melior Mel, Meliora, yeah, that's a ghost album, I think too. It is, it yeah. is. That's what actually got me my first idea. Yeah, because uh, I listened to Ghosts here and there. Yeah, those guys are and, awesome. Uh, oh yeah, um, but I saw the album name and I was like, what, what the fuck does that mean? That sounds pretty. Yeah. So I looked it up and found out that it, you know the meaning of it, and I'm like. Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you um uh have you listened to Sleep Token? Yes. Yes. They um so a couple weeks ago I saw about their, their new song and I forget what the fucking name of it was, but it had this I was told on, on one of these like weird deathcore groups that I'm on, they're like, Hey, this isn't deathcore, but check this out. And they said that it changes almost changes genres towards the end. And I was like, What the fuck? Okay. So I listened to it and... Probably The Summoning, I think, maybe. May have been. I don't yeah. remember. But ever since then, I've just been on them. Yeah, so I <clears throat> I first listened to Sleep Token um, like two, two, almost three years ago. I was looking for bands. Uh, I've always been a, a big Deftones fan. Mm-hmm. But I was looking for um, kind of other bands that had a similar feel. And so I just like went on YouTube and started looking at... at uh, just looking for, for bands that were similar to Deftones and... And uh, I stumbled on. Oh, a, a friend of mine told me about. Uh, now, of course, I'm not going to remember their fucking name, but he told me about this band that was like some some younger guys that sounded like Deftones. Mm. And so I checked them out, and then in the algorithm, threw me to Sleep Token, and I was like, "Wow, this shit is different. Like this dude has a extremely unique voice mm. for that genre, you know." But then uh, I listened to him for a while, and then I kind of just dropped back in the back of my head. I started. I kind of like stopped listening to metal for a couple of years. The last couple of years I've been listening to more, um, 
more country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, but then uh, the their their new shit came out, and I was like, damn, yeah, these guys are so good. Before I started playing, I never thought I would be a country musician. Yeah. I thought I was gonna be a punk rocker. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Are, are you Are you from uh, like a, a rural area? Or are you I'm from... from West. Okay. See, I grew up in Axtell, so I was the same way. I thought like, um, I I grew up listening to so much country, and then when I got when I got to my teens, I was like, I'm not playing that shit. Yeah. Well, I I grew up listening to, like David Bowie and all that from my mom. Oh, that's cool. And then. When I was a senior in high school, I formed my first band. It was called Inmate Three, which was the stupidest fucking name ever. But we were we that must were, be a brand new prison. Yeah, Inmate Three. We thought we were, but the funny thing it was two people, so the three didn't make any sense. Okay, no, I like that actually. But we, but we, we told ourselves we were going to do like Green Day and all that shit, and but we still played like Darius Rucker and all that. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah. And then I, I, then I started playing country music, and I said, oh, shit, I'm actually making money. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's pretty much the key to it. When it comes to playing country is you make money doing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and when I first started playing guitar, and you know, I was like, just balls out at metal. That's all I played ever. Yeah. My dad was always like, hey, you want to make money doing this? You got to play you some country. Yep. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> he was like, I'm telling you, if you want to make money, you got to play country. I'm like, no, I'm gonna get big. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on Metal Blade Records. And I <laughs> 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 and uh, <laughs> well, that didn't happen. If I'd been playing country this whole time, I would have had some money in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I. Uh, I mean, like, <clears throat> like my influences, my inspiration come from damn near everywhere. Um, like I listen to. Everything from Co Wetzel to My Chemical Romance, which ironically are two of my biggest inspirations for this band. Like yeah. in my writing style, it's a lot of MCR, a lot of Gerard Way, but then a lot of Co Wetzel, a lot of Hardy, a lot of uh, Tyler Childers. Okay. Like really tap into my writing. Could you rewind and, and do those um, from here to there, but without mentioning Co Wetzel and My Chemical Romance? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I cannot, sir. Um, no, because like that's, that's. Is there another country artist you could place? I mean, uh, Hardy. I don't know Hardy. Who is that? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now he um, he uh, he released a couple, like the, they're called Hicks tapes records. Okay. Um, and he's. No, I like Tyler though. You can you can. See Tyler Childers, like I love him to death. Um, I would, I, I need to start learning more of his stuff to actually play more of his stuff live. I thought you were about to say you would die for him. I would not. I would not. <laughs> he would die for Co-Wetzel or MCR, though. Wow. He's right. We did a show one time where we didn't think about it, but we did like five Co-Wetzel songs back to back. Yeah. It was like the, we were damn near a Co-Wetzel cover band. For like an hour. Yeah. Mm. And Cody mentioned it, and I was like, Glad I wasn't there, because I wouldn't have you on the show. But <laughs> 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 well, no, like, the reason I like Co-Wetzel and the reason I like Hardy and all them is because, like, like, I love country, and I want to continue doing country. Like, I really do appreciate the country side of things. But, especially Hardy, where Hardy, like, mixes country with various forms of rock. Um, he just released a song called Radio Song with, uh, believe it or not, the fucking lead singer of the day to remember. Uh, Jeremy McKinnon. I saw you post that, um, yeah. and I was going to listen to it, but I just hadn't got a chance yet. It's insane. Like, it, it sounds like some bullshit Florida Georgia Line pop country shit. And then out of nowhere, Jeremy McKidden's like, no, no, here's some gutturals. <laughs> and just 
completely rips the song, the song to shreds, and then goes back to normal, just weird country that Hardy does, then back to the pop shit, then into metal. Interesting. Which, it's weird, and it's unheard of, and a lot of people don't appreciate it, um, but my thing on it is, like, you're mixing two opposing genres here, you know, that we're trying to do as a band. We're trying to mix alternative rock with, you know, Texas country, because, I mean, if you really tap into the, the true, like, alternative, like, aggressive alternative rock, that really hasn't met country yet. You know, I mean, Coetzel does his little, you know, just regular modern rock meets country thing. Yeah. There's Giovanni and the Hired Guns. But you never <clears throat> hear a band that you're like, hey, this sounds like, you know, Hawthorne Heights, but also Garth Brooks, you know? <laughs> like, you never, you never think of that. You never put those two together. But figured, you know, might as well just take the two genres we love the most and make a sandwich out of them. Yeah, I mean, you, you could say, you said Hawthorne Heights and Garth Brooks, but you could have said Garth Brooks and Chris Gaines. That's a very good point. So a, I keep I keep on forgetting that Chris Gaines that wasn't just a fever dream. <laughs> nope, very real. Yeah, <laughs> very miserably real. Um. Well, you have so. Are we going for what uh, Ghost Dance Band call would would call black dirt? So we're we're definitely tapping into that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like I got a piece of a uh, like painter's tape over my guitar that's literally hashtag Texas Black Dirt. Um, we don't really have a set genre that we really call ourselves. I mean, I guess just Texas rock, Texas yeah, alternative like rock, that. some shit like that. I did use the Texas black dirt thing to get us into Fort Worth. That's true. Okay, that was cool. Well, see, well that's that's what's well, that's what's cool about a new a new genre like something like Texas black dirt. Mm-hmm. It's pretty open to interpretation. Yeah. So it's not it's not it's that's not something that will lock you down. Like if you say we're metalcore, people will have an idea of like, okay, well you know what you sound like already. Yeah. But if you say Texas Black Dirt, then people are like, hmm, hmm, interesting. Yeah. And you know they might listen and say, okay, I get it. We we were playing one night, uh, and James, the bass bassist for Ghost State's Ben now, he was watching us playing Rituals, and we were covering it, and he said. Sounds better than how we do right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I physically like I messaged Weston and I was like, "Listen, do you mind if if I cover Rituals? I really like the song. I really think it, it would fit in our set." And right off the bat, he was like, "Dude, I, of course. Like, go ahead, man." So I post. We posted on the what the band page, mm-hmm. and literally every member of Ghost Dance Band sharing it. And I'm like, "Okay, so y'all ain't mad. That's a bet." <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, you, you got to ask me next time, too, because I have songwriter credits on all those songs. Okay, that's bad. So. Oh, I meant to. <laughs> but no, Keep like, that in mind. <laughs> not too long after that, we ended up playing, we ended up opening for Ghost Dance Band at uh, Skellington Curiosities for that little, mm-hmm. whatever the thing it was, the Levitt Foundation or something like that for that new... Oh, yeah, the... the yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we opened up for them. <coughs> and... Chris couldn't make it that day, so I ended up playing for them and Ghost Dance Band that day. Yeah, and so we played our set beforehand, and I damn near killed myself, because like we're in the blistering heat. Oh, no, I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I literally sliced my pants off and wore fucking like very expensive Ariad jeans, yeah. cut off with fucking boots, because it was so fucking hot. And uh, I damn near killed myself on stage. And so I'm just laying back, chilling, smoking a cigarette, watching Ghost Dance Band, at the end of their set, Cody looks at me and he's like, Cody Dollins, he's like, hey, 
you need to sing this one with me. And I'm like, don't, don't do this to me. <laughs> and it brings me up on stage and I don't even know when he wants me to come in. They're doing rituals and uh, Will just looks at me and he's like, there's a mic right here. <laughs> I'm standing in the, sta- in the middle of the stage, just awkward as hell, just, hey mom. <laughs> and uh, Will's like, dude, right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it was, it was really cool. Like, I mean, number one, playing that song in general. I love that song. And number two, going up on stage to guys, like, all this time, I'm like, did we do it justice? Did we do it justice? Every time we cover this, do we do it right? And Cody's like, yeah, I can't sing this without you now. Come on. Yeah, that's cool. As um, Rituals was one of my favorites from, Blackheart yeah. is my favorite. Yes. Um, Blackheart's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I got called to fill in for drums for them one time, and I learned Chris's drum parts note for note, and I've written drum charts for it. And I notated out every note that he did. And I showed him afterwards. He's like, whoa, can I use this? <laughs> I did that? Well, so I, I'm uh, kind of ignorant in this um, uh, this area of music or publishing. But to to publish your music, don't you need to write out the notes for um, or to have it copyrighted or something? like? I... To copyright it, I, it's debatable, but I don't think so. Yeah, I just thought that um, I've seen a lot of people that like the, you have to like do your notations on all your guitars and bass and everything, like musical notes or whatever to keep it on file. I, I don't know how that works, but well, in that case, um, whenever we start releasing, I'm gonna need you to write out my guitar stuff. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, full too. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a G somewhere in there, mm-hmm. so yeah. There is a G string yep. on the guitar. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you know, I learned to sight read uh, um, Clef in high school because I did uh, <coughs> marching and concert um, tuba, uh-huh. sousaphone. But when it came to treble Clef and the guitar, yeah. I never learned actual, like, notation. I just kind of learned from ear, you know. Yeah. Doing, doing it at MCC, I had to play piano for a lot of my music theory classes. So I had to learn bass and treble clef. And I tell my students, because I teach a little bit also, I was like, it's good to have both sides of the musical spectrum. Like, it's good to learn by ear, but it's also good to like know how to read. But I also tell students, if you just know how to read, you're a snob. But if you just go by ear, that's fine, but you're just missing out so much. Those are the wizards, though. You know, the ones that just do by ear, that can do it like impeccably you know like i i used to i jammed with this guy for a little bit his name was dan and dude he would like a new um opeth album would come out mm-hmm. and he would listen to it like three or four times and he could just play along with it on guitar i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you how do you have this ability dude these are 12 minute long songs i don't understand how you can just like <laughs> memorize that like that and just yeah. play it you know that's insane when people can do that to me oh yeah for sure because I'm, I'm an ear guy anyway, and I can I can pick up on a lot of that stuff. Like, if I, if I listen to a song a few times, I can usually pick up on a lot of the riffs. But shit like that is insane to me. Just like an entire song. Yeah, same <coughs> with me. It just depends on the gig. Like, for this Adams Family thing, I have to read my way all the way through it. But I, I keep, the occasional bands I play around here, I don't need to do any of that. Yeah. How many How many songs do you think you know? I think I know about 1,500. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Oh, mainly country stuff, but a lot of rock stuff too. I know about three. See, this is why I, I think my theory was right about you. Your your nighttime, your dreams are just filled with fucking music. Like you're doing an eight hour long set in your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every night. What about you? How many songs do you think? Three. You okay. And that's Green Day, Cole Wetzel, and My Chemical Romance. <laughs> So it would be February 28th, 2016. Welcome to Paradise. Welcome to Black Bread. That's it. Okay. No, uh, oh, don't real- forget Basket Case, too. Yes. Realistically, though, um, like, know how to play on guitar. Anywhere from 15 to 2,000. Um, because, like, I mean, I... I lo- I know you're about to talk shit. No, I, know you it, know. I know it. <laughs> Finish your dot and I'll say it. So, um, <laughs> like, a lot of, uh, like, as a young kid, I was raised in a Jehovah's Witness family. So I wasn't allowed to do fucking shit. Okay. Wasn't allowed to have birthdays, none of that shit. Yeah, we're going to talk about this more later. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun topic. I like it. <laughs> um, but, so music was a big thing. Like, I mean, anything that I wanted to listen to was devil music, no matter what. I mean, right. anything from... Metallica to fucking all time low was devil music, you know. So I was allowed to listen to country and blues. Yeah. So a lot of the, the well, the blues is more devil music than anything. And how do people not get that? <laughs> but Robert Johnson sold his sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads. Thank you. But a lot of my like early years of playing guitar, like because I'm I'm a lead guitarist by trade, you know. I just I do the whole uh, rhythm and vocals because it just so happens that's how you get paid. <laughs> Um, he's a good he's a good lead player and a mediocre rhythm player. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of the early stuff that I learned was BB and um, Steve Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Um, like Steve Ray Vaughan is forever my favorite. Like I mean that that dude's the reason I picked up. Well, him and Slash are the reason that I picked up a guitar. You know. So I know your your typical like I guess your blues standards. You know, your basic 12 bar and all that. Um, <clears throat> so all that being said, that mixed with the multitude of genres that I've gone through, listening to, uh, just randomly learning for fun, and then for bands that I've played for, yeah, I'd say anywhere from 15, 1,500 to 2,000 songs that I've actually cracked at and busted my ass at getting right. I was going to say, we did a video of Basket Case and we put it out there. And it didn't suck, so we were proud of it. Yeah. And I was on a date one time, and I showed the girl it, and she was like, Cody, you've shown me this five times already. <laughs> I was like, I know, but it's good though, right? Yeah. <laughs> she, Is that the one you sent me? You, was, you had sent me a recording of a Green Day song. And it, was, it was Basket Case. Probably, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I don't really, I mean, I don't listen to Green Day, like, uh, it's not just that I don't have a playlist with Green Day on it, but Green Day is one of those ones, man, where like every now and then I'll just put Dookie on and just jam the fuck out of yep. it, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I Green Day used to be so good to me, and uh, they they still are. Their music obviously is still good. I just don't care about Green Day anymore. But um, Dookie, dude, that that's one of my favorite albums man, of all time, what? man. And you know I. Um, <coughs> I, I would stay with my cousins every now and then when I was when I was younger and uh I didn't my family mostly listened to like um 
old rock and country and stuff, but I'd go over there and they would always have like the newest rock album. Like that's where I heard Metallica. That's where I heard Pantera. That's where I heard Green Day, all that shit, you know? And, and, uh, the first time I heard Dookie, I was like, dude, this is the shit. Yep. Why don't I have this, you know? Our first full band show we did together, we had our first set of band members. <laughs> but yeah. then, uh, we played some Dookie songs. I don't remember that night at all because I was really... Oh, my God. <laughs> Six fucking 32 ounces of Dos Equis this man put down like it was water. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then I was impressed. How many times did you pee? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> well... I don't even remember, honestly. They all just merged into one once I blacked out and it just... Yeah. Well, I, all I remember from him telling me, I was like, I was petting his wife's hair and I was yelling at a trans person. Wow. Yeah. Well, granted, I mean, the yelling at a trans person thing... Where was this at? Was, it was at Twisted Sisters. Uh, downtown Waco. Oh, yeah. Kind of new place. Yep. They have the, the swings and shit. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So the yelling at the trans dude, that was... We had a reason for that. Like, this dude, he's he was just awkward as hell right off the bat like Nikki's Nikki and I think yeah Nikki and her sister are watching this dude because literally he just sits there like right on the floor like he's a homeless guy right mm-hmm. and he sits there right on the floor while we're playing and starts digging into his backpack so Nikki and her sister are like oh my god this guy's an active shooter you know and he just digs in his backpack I don't even know what he pulled out um and so we get off stage and we catch our breath for a second I step off grab a cigarette and this dude just walk straight up to me and I'm like oh, here we go here we go and he's just, just like you know how like when someone talks to you and it's just it's almost kind of creepy you know like not like like oh you're you're about to touch me in a bad way but like you're I feel like you would take me to a dungeon kind of thing you know or like to your cellar and he's just like talking to me really breathy and low and then out of nowhere he was like I need to see you smile and I'm like no, man, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 10 years clean off meth, you know, so I ain't got to eat. And I'm like, no, dude, it's cool. He's like, no. And he grabbed my arm and he's like, I know why you don't want to smile. And I'm like, can we not do this right now? <laughs> like, I got five minutes before I need to go back on stage and I'm really craving tequila right now. And he was like, no, I used to do meth too. And I was, <laughs> and he smiled and had like one missing tooth. And I'm like, yeah, see, the issue is. I stopped and just walked away. Mm-hmm. And then he just starts doting around Cody, and Cody's, like, just sitting there awkwardly, but at the same time, like, trying to be nice with this guy. And I think I ended up going for a shot with my buddy Wyatt at that point, so I don't remember what happened from there. All I remember is I, I was like, they, whatever you are, even drunk me's not in, go away. <laughs> It was creepy. Like, I mean, he stayed for the whole show and just, like, stayed by us. So we were like, are you going to, are you going to kidnap the whole band? Yeah, so, so, so what you're saying is it had nothing to do with trans. They're just a weird person. Yeah, they they were just, they they were just just saying, saying really, like, um, kind of inappropriate things to you, like asking you to smile and grabbing you and things like that. I was saying he was trans because he said, I'm Jacob and Sophia. (laughs) Okay, I don't think that's trans. I think that's. Well, see, the, the way he carried himself, you would think that, like, maybe he's, maybe he might be, like, gender fluid or something like that. Like, because it didn't seem like a schizophrenic thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but, I, I don't know, I don't know, you know, I don't know uh, all the ins and outs of that, but. Yeah. Gender fluid, I don't know if that's a thing where you're, like, two different people at once. I think that's, that's got to be some kind of 
schizophrenia, right? Or multiple personality kind of thing. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah but like, I, I feel like he... I don't know. It was... It, it, it was an experience. Let's just leave it at that. Were they wearing a dress or anything like feminine? No, they. I don't think so. Mm-mm. Okay. But like, I mean, he had a, he had like eyeliner on though. I remember that. Okay. Well, I mean, I've been there, dude. I mean, I mean, same, same. <laughs> like literally, like what two weeks ago? All I remember is <coughs> y'all taking me home that night, and <laughs> you tell the story. You're good. Oh my god. So after we got rid of schizophrenic Jacob Sophia, whatever that was. We um, Sophia. <clears throat> Sophia's a good name, though. It is. It is. So <laughs> we end up taking him, um, like on the way home, and uh, he was like, "I'm hungry." So we we're like, "Okay, well, we just got that that new puppy at the time. Like, he was maybe a couple weeks old at this point." And uh, <laughs> we stopped by the house, check on him, make sure it didn't shit everywhere, and asked Cody if he wanted something to eat. And Cody's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "All right, well, I got uh, I got pizza in the fridge. I can just throw some in the microwave for you." And I asked him, like, how, how hot do you want it? How much, or how long do you want it in? This man, as, like, exact as you could possibly be, with pure fucking anger and hatred in his voice, looks at me and says, 32 seconds! And, like, swings his hand at me and goes between three and two. And I'm like, what's going on here? And he just leans back. He's like, 32. And I was like, okay. Yes, sir. So Jacob was really drunk. No, 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 I'm talking Cody at this point. No, I was really yeah. drunk. You were the one that swung at him. Yeah, didn't didn't swing at me, just like swinging his hand. Like... Okay, wait, have you been talking about Cody this whole time? Mm-mm. Is Cody this composite? Uh, <laughs> Cody, Jacob, Sophia. <laughs> no, no, this is this is after we got rid of uh, Mr. Jacob, Sophia. This is my secret. Life. Okay, you you you, dro- you dropped you dropped that person off and then get back. No, we never even dropped him off. Like he just. Did he, like, walk off? No, he, he left. He left. Okay, so you were talking about Cody went back. To... Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, Jacob Sophia, he went by, he, he left, and then we went we went to his place. Yeah. And then Cody's sitting here, like, not swinging on me, but, like, just getting very close with yeah, his yeah. hand, trying to show me exactly how long yeah. he wants his pizza. Like, if, and... someone, if someone didn't know him and he did that, then they might think he was swinging on him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm surprised I didn't get my ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, so I make his pizza and I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I give it to him and Cody takes two bites, puts it down, puts the fucking plate on the floor in front of our blind ass dog. He's like, where's that coming from? <laughs> and, uh, Cody looks at me. He's like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, all right, buddy. So we end up driving him, we drive him down, uh, down the service road. Cause he's, he lives like seven minutes from me. So we're driving him down the service road to get him back to his place, and he's like, he goes ape shit saying he needs to puke, he needs to puke, right? So we pull off the side of the road. Cody, being the the beautiful beautiful soul that you are, gets out of the driver's side of the car, walks into the lane of traffic. Thank God there's no cars. Stands in front of the car for a second, and we're like, Cody, where are you going? And he goes to the other pass the passenger side back door right next to me and acts like he's gonna puke so I'm like I'm I don't deal well with vomit mm-hmm. so I'm like looking away like nope no the whole one of the biggest reasons I left EMS is because I can't I can't do vomit like okay hell no and he just burps loud as shit I I swear he had to have shit himself the the sound and smell that came from him there had to be some kind of solid that came with it 
And he's like, it's just flatulence. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't know you even knew that word, Cody. <laughs> so, does Cody become more uh, proper when he's drunk? He just becomes another person. Like, okay. Like, altogether, like, you know. So, almost like a Jacob or Sophia? Well, we have a... <laughs> Well, we've made, we've had this running joke. Hang on, is this a Fight Club thing going on? <laughs> here? Well, we've had this running joke for a while, where I have a drunk alter ego named oh, Dodie. Okay. And I don't know what the fuck Dodie will do. Wow. And the only time I ever got that intoxicated after that is when we played a duo show at Barnett's. Yeah, because I got dumped by for a blind guy that day. <laughs> Okay, uh, hold on, hang on. You you but you but you make it sound like that's like you make it sound like it's it's the worst thing in the world to get dumped for someone who's disabled. No, he wasn't disabled. He was blind. Yeah, but oh, I see what you're saying. Being, being blind, being blind is a disability. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I see that's what, what you're saying. saying. But I mean, he could have the greatest personality and uh, and humor in the world. You know? No, I I, I he could have a huge dick. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> no, I met him and he's a decent guy. Okay, but there like, you go. The dark go to a mile. I just got dumped from a blind guy. This sucks. <laughs> well, well, because the girl was like, the guy sees me better than you. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a little too far. That's too far, Cody. So, right. Sorry, that's too far. <laughs> sorry. Um. <laughs> so, but it sounds like you got dumped for a decent guy. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, I got dumped. I got dumped for that. So after I just got. Shitty that whole did she day. did she dump Cody or Doty? She dumped she dumped Cody. Okay, but then maybe Cody, maybe Cody you should have Doty. Maybe you should have shown her more Doty. <laughs> well, Cody went on sabbatical that day, and Doty okay. went out at about one o'clock. Okay, and uh, him and our buddy Brandon showed up at Barnett's, and I was like twenty fifteen ounces <laughs> deep in Dos Equis, and I was done. I shouldn't have even played that gig that night. And what's crazy is like Barnett's they. Uh, like they had an open tap for us, hmm. and we didn't know that it was gonna be like tall boys. Not not like sixteen ounces. No, it was like twenty five ounces of Dos Equis. and they just start handing up to us, and we're like, oh, like I'm looking at one, and I'm like, damn, I gotta pace myself. And Cody's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cracking a beer on his forehead and sucking it down. <laughs> and then I fell off my cajon twice that night. <laughs> yeah, literally just a while you were drumming. Oh, yeah. And it just shows how amazing of a drummer this man really is because, like, he was on the floor, on his knees, holding the drum between his legs, still carrying the song. And I'm like, the machine. I'm, look, I'm looking over, like, Cody, are you good? And he's, I'm good. So Dodie's also a machine. Dodie yep. is also a machine. So I told myself after that, and I was like, yeah, I'm not, do, I'm not doing it that bad ever again. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, um, we're going to. We come up to a Y, okay, in the road. And one way is, is sunny, and there's birds. Uh, there's, there's birds just, you know, flying around, and they're, they're making beautiful songs. And the other way is a, is a dark forest where you can see, like, little red eyes gleaming in the, in the darkness, and there's a fog going on, and there might be a werewolf. We're going to go down that road. Yeah, I want to find the werewolf. Yeah, the werewolf is methamphetamines. So let's... Oh, yeah. Let's... Uh, so, so, so what happened? Was it just, a, was it just a, like, you just kind of... 
you just you dabble and then you just like you go or were you just like boom I'm I'm fucking in it. No, so I was. Um, I've always had issues with alcohol, um, and like alcohol has always been my like antidepressant. Okay. I guess, or at least so I thought. Yeah. Um, which just recently figured out. No, that's not how that works. Right. But for the longest time I did, and um, working in the field of being a first responder, you see a lot of shit that you shouldn't have to see. A lot of shit that will fuck you up for the rest of your life. Um, and it just so happened that one night it did. One night it was, <clears throat> I saw, there's a, I'm not going to get into detail, obviously, for yeah. you know legal yeah. reasons. But it was a bad wreck. Um, and there's two people that passed away in it. Um, one was under the age of 18 and, uh, it, it fucked me up really bad, you know, and I went a couple weeks just drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and then I ended up running out of alcohol and it was too late to go out, go out and buy any. So me and my buddy were hanging out and, uh, he was like, well, I got some go fast back where I'm from. Cause I'm not from Texas. I'm from Florida. So well, just out, just outside Daytona beach. So back in Florida, go fast is like. Adderall. Right. Or Ritalin or whatever, you know? So when he said go fast, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be prescribed that anyway. Fuck yeah, let's go. And he pulls out a bolo and I'm like, that's not Adderall. You don't, you don't smoke Adderall. But in the drunken stupor plus massively depressive state that I was in, I was like, you know what, fuck it. And I did it and didn't stop for a couple months because it just, at that point I was just terrified to go to sleep because of the you know, dreams and stuff like that from what I'd seen and that stuff kept me from sleeping so it was like a miracle drug to me and uh, I was on it for a couple months <clears throat> realized I was being a fucking idiot and through various you know friends of mine in the, in the fire department that knew I was going down a rough, a rough path they were like listen you have two choices here you can either wear a badge or you can be a dopehead there's no fucking in between. Just so happened I picked the right one. <laughs> and just haven't touched since. But So cold turkey? Yep. Just stop doing it? Yep. No rehab, nothing. How did that feel? It was fucking horrible. I'll tell you straight up, man. It was it was terrible. Um for the first week it was nothing but shakes and sweating my ass off, puking, couldn't sleep, even though I was exhausted as all hell. And then finally it, it was the weirdest thing. It was like, just out of nowhere, I was like, I woke up one day and I was like, I'm, I'm good. I feel all right, you know? And I figured out that I'd been clean for about a week. After that week, it was smooth sailing since then. Now granted, you know, if you're an addict, you're always going to have that little itch for it, you know? Um, which I still do to this day. I mean, I had a random craving like two weeks ago, you know, and I just... But at this point, it's not like, fuck, I need it. It's like, you know, it'd be pretty fun right now. Ain't fucking worth it, though, you know? Yeah. And just kind of stay away from it that way. <clears throat> you know what um, You know what I found uh, cures that itch? Mm. Psilocybin mushrooms. Honestly, I've been looking into it. Um, 100%. I've been looking into it because, like, I've, I've, done, uh, I've done LSD before. Yeah. You know, and, and I like... It's fun, but it's not the same. I don't think I've ever actually done mushrooms. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the way I would describe it is um, 
uh, LSD is is extroverted. Mm-hmm. Like everything is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like everything, all the lights are are more brilliant. There's a sheen on everything. Like uh, it's just and everything everything feels good. Everything is good. Uh, everything is fucking funny. Everything's hilarious. Yeah. Or or it's it's uh, anger inducing. See, if if I do it and and something's funny, it's the funniest thing ever. But if something makes me angry, I get really angry. Like, yeah. if I hear something about something going on in the news, it's you know whatever. Mm. I I go on rants, so I have to. If I do that, I have to stay away from the news. Yeah. But mushrooms, so extroverted mushrooms are very introverted. It's like it it digs deep. Like mm. if you do it and you have some kind of trauma <clears throat> and you don't like ball like a baby, mm. then you didn't do enough or something. Like when when people say there's a, ba- a bad trip, there are no bad trips with mushrooms. There are trips you need, and it feels bad because it's that means it, the worse it feels means the more trauma you have. But it's always good. It's at the end of it, it's always a good trip because it's be gonna, crying like a bitch on it. <laughs> it re- it repairs neurons in your brain. It's yeah. it's scientific. No, I mean like I've I've been looking into it, you know, because um, I mean I've heard a million good things about like. Uh, what is it? Microdosing for yeah. like PTSD and all that, yeah. which I've been diagnosed with PTSD. Big fucking shock there. Um, but I got diagnosed with it and I've done a bunch of research and I've looked into uh, that, was that light therapy thing? Where you kind of like, you, it, you follow the light or whatever. I, I forget exactly what it is. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up again. But it's something that, that helps combat vets with PTSD. Okay. Um, and it apparently, like, you follow this light around a room while reliving like your worst fucking nightmares like the worst things that have happened to you and it it repairs the neurons in your brain hmm. and kind of like helps you not disconnect from it but like almost just have a have a better mindset yeah on how it happened what happened um so i've been looking into that and then i've been looking into the whole microdosing thing just to kind of like get to a better point because like i said you know like i told you earlier i quit drinking but about a week ago, going on nineteenth. Yeah, I'm going on a week and a half. Um, so, with leaving that, leaving drinking behind, and the fact that I've been a recovering addict for God knows how long, I need to figure something out for my brain. You know, so the um, the microdosing thing has been something that's been weighing heavily on my brain or on my mind. Um, I just gotta. It's hard to fucking find this shit. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, um, the first time I did it, I, we listened to Hans Zimmer's Time from mm-hmm. Interstellar, and I cried the entire song. Really? It was the saddest and most beautiful piece of music I'd ever heard in my life. Oh, shit. <laughs> All at the same time. Um, and that was through, uh, I was, uh, recently divorced and drank a lot Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, wasn't being healthy in a lot of ways. And there's, you know, some, I don't, I can't really, I can't claim any kind of like big childhood trauma. You know, I was never like touched or anything, Mm -hmm. but, but there are some little things in there that it just like, it, it just, it makes it okay. Mm -hmm. None of those things are ever erased. It's always going to be there. The, the the point of these therapies for PTSD isn't to get rid of those memories. Yeah. It's to make you okay with them. 
Because that's the the problem is like you have this constant fear of that thing happening again. That's yep. PTSD, and it kind of gets rid of that fear and says, "Hey, it happened. It's okay. We got to move forward." You know. Yeah. So, uh, when you can find them, I highly recommend it. Oh yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> if I ever if I ever do find them, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how my experience is with it. Yeah, it helps everything. <laughs> alcoholism too yeah i mean there's a place called maps uh it's a multidisciplinary association of psychedelic studies mm. um and they're currently on like a phase three trial of mdma for ptsd really? and they've had a, a ton of success with it and they're trying to do uh more studies with psilocybin too which oh, yeah. we, we were doing all this shit in the 60s you know yeah. um and then somehow all of these things the lsd the psilocybin Mm-hmm. got released to the public in mass doses. I'm not saying it was the CIA, but it was probably the CIA. Yeah. And then it creates the entire uh, counterculture hippie generation. Mm-hmm. And then that whole generation was just the CIA trying to make those people look bad. When those people were just like, hey man, maybe we shouldn't kill each other. Maybe we shouldn't yeah. go to war. Maybe we should just like be cool. Yeah, We should all do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and the CIA is like, nope, can't be having that. <laughs> Because they did a trial with um, <coughs> with some army guys, and they gave them LSD, and then they tried to have them do like marching orders, hmm. and they were all laughing their asses off. Yeah, they were like, "Why? Why am I listening to this guy?" Yeah, because it dissolves the idea of authoritarianism, mm-hmm. and it makes you think, "Why do I listen to these people?" And you know, I've always had a healthy skepticism for politicians, but mm-hmm. now, I mean. Everything anyone says, if they're a politician, I'm like, you're full of shit. <laughs> Everything, you're full. None of them, none of them have any ounce of integrity. They're all full of shit. I had a, this Republican judge on my podcast, and he was running for an election. And he asked me, I want to come on and try to promote my election campaign. I said, sure, I'm all for it. And he was asking for questions beforehand. And I said, no, because <laughs> I, I don't want a fake answer. I was like, I want your <laughs> honest one. Yeah. So, and he didn't. He didn't really like that <clears throat> response, but he didn't cancel. So we we did the show, and he was uncomfortable as hell with the questions <laughs> I was asking. Yeah, yeah, man. That's that's how it goes. Like, I think that should be any kind of uh, interview platform. If if someone says, "Hey, I need the questions up front," I'm like, "No." Then you're gonna have preloaded. It's gonna be scripted. You're gonna be just like. Kind of almost like reading off a prompter. I don't want yeah. that shit. I want your honest answer when I ask you. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was if I was running for office, I would be 100%. I'd go on any show. I don't give a fuck what you ask me. I'm going to tell you what I think. And that's that's exactly what people should see from me right. as someone running for office. It's like, okay, this is how they really think about everything, you know? You know, just ask me about free speech. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Ask me about the Second Amendment. Yeah, I like it. Absolutely. Ask me about every other amendment. Yeah, I like the Constitution, you know? Yeah. You don't have to ask me anything else. That's it. <laughs> but we don't have that anymore, you know? Because right. you people on, on the left, you ask them about the Second Amendment, and they're like, well, I don't know. I'm like, okay, fuck you. You ask someone on the, on the right, and they're like, well, maybe we should ban these books. No, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them all. I hate them all. That's why I'm, you know, I'm kind of libertarian, but... Yeah. A lot of people hate libertarians because we hate them. So I don't know, you know, whatever. <laughs> I voted libertarian for the first time <coughs> in 2020. Um, for um, uh, Joe Jorgensen. Joe Jorgensen and Spike. Uh, uh, yeah, Spike something. Spike Cohen. Yeah, Spike. Cohen. Dude, I Spike is the best, dude. Like, if you follow him on any social media, he is constantly roasting the 
fuck out of feds. Like ATF, CIA, FBI, NSA, he's roasting them all the time. Especially the ATF, because they're the worst. But uh, anyway, I promise... I. I promised people I wouldn't get into conspiracies and stuff. But, <laughs> but if you mention any kind of like government uh, entity, then I'm going to get there. Cause that's, you know, I have a lot of, a lot of books on, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Anyway, you know, like, um, um, Charles Manson, you know, you ever read, uh, read that book? Um, what's that book? Vincent Bugliosi, Bugliosi wrote it. Uh, the one on Charles Manson. It was the, the big, like, um... Anyway. The book's full of shit. Because uh, Vincent Bugliosi was, like, the uh, the prosecuting lawyer. Uh-huh. But he, like, held back a lot of information. See that? There's a book right behind you called Chaos. Yeah. Uh, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the secret uh, history of the 60s. Uh-huh. Yeah. That dude did like 15 years of investigations and like finding articles and, and interviewing people. And he just basically completely called Vincent Bugliosi out on that whole Manson thing. And that Manson was likely a CIA plant the entire time. Hmm, nice. So, because think about it. If you're, if you're a, uh, an organization that wants to get rid of an entire group of people, say hippies, hmm. you want to make the things the hippies do look really bad to civilization to society in general so you you take this guy who's fucking unhinged who thinks he's the next coming of christ you give him all the lsd he wants to give to his people and then you feed him these ideas of like hey maybe you should go kill some rich people hey maybe you should go kill some hollywood types <clears throat> they go do it yeah and then bam cia's like look how bad lsd is it makes you a killer <laughs> and then <laughs> and then they get rid of it and that's how they, they schedule it to schedule one, which we know scheduling is bullshit, right? Because marijuana is a schedule one drug. And how much fucking sense does that make? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to. I'm sorry, folks. If you know me, you know how I am, you know, <laughs> talking about drugs and stuff. Anyway, what else you guys want to talk about? You got anything to plug? You got any shows coming up? Uh, oh, we have a. Um... Cody, do you have any history with illicit um, <laughs> drugs? Or I mean, the worst thing I've the I mean, I do all the CBD stuff right now, but the worst thing I yeah, ever same. did was weed brownies one day. Okay, yeah. Uh, we I took some gummies before we play at the Heart of Texas Fair one time. How'd that go? <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that was hilarious. You like. Cody was in the best mood ever. I was just laughing my ass off to the point where I'm pretty sure I shit myself. <laughs> yeah, I just would not stop. Yeah. And we went to Hemingway's afterwards, and we were just talking, and our buddy Brandon was doing something, and I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, we were doing that. I fucking loved it. I was crying, and everyone thought I was dying. Yeah. No, I had a, uh, had a new persona. Uh, I was named Drunky the Clown. Alky the Clown. Alky the Clown. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, we just started doing like this circus, this circus music thing, and Cody mm-hmm. was just losing his fucking shit the entire time, like to the point we were we were outside. Yeah. And people were inside the bar, just like. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm happy for you. I'm I'm glad you have that experience. I have like existential dread if I do um, edibles. Really? Oh, I mean, I like lock down. Like the last time. Uh, we went to Colorado, we got some, and we sat on a couch in an Airbnb and watched some horror movie, 
And I couldn't even hardly pay attention to the movie because I was becoming the couch. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. What, what's, what's it like? What's it like, the life of a couch? <laughs> I, gotta, I, I should probably get used to this because, because I am becoming this couch. But I couldn't talk, and she kept talking. My wife kept talking to me, and I wouldn't talk. And she thought that was like, something wrong? Like, why would you talk? And I told her later, I was like, no, because I felt like if I talked, I would just, it, I felt dumb. Like, if I, if I felt like anything I said would be the dumbest shit I ever said. Like, not just, like, dumb, dumb, silly, haha, but, like, dumb, like, you know, it might be kind of retarded, you know? Like, <laughs> and um, I couldn't talk. Couldn't do it. There was, there was one Friday morning. I was in downtown Waco drink, doing coffee and, like, doing business meetings with people. And my buddy Brandon said, there's some whiskey tastings going on at, like, Barnett's and Balcones. And he said, you should come to that with me. So I did. After drinking two double-shot espressos, I went to Barnett's and tried some whiskey with him, and then we went to Balcones. In the middle of all that, I did three edibles, and Jeez. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Yeah, man. Like, my heart was racing. I thought I was going to die. All, the, calling, all those things are fine. Like, but... he's texting and calling me, like, I need you to check my blood pressure. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Hang on. Wow, my... My heartbeat is gent. What's going on? <laughs> yes. This this is what gent is. All right. Well, let's um let's get some plugs in. Uh, got to wrap soon. I got I got a D and D session coming yeah. up with Weston Dodd from uh, Ghost Dance Band. Hey, tell so Weston I said to go fuck himself. He's up. gonna be here. He's gonna be here in two minutes, so you can tell him. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, um. So we got. Obviously, you know we we kind of. We're only half of what the band used to be, so right now we just got. So we're of... doing some duo stuff right now, yeah. and he's he's doing some solo stuff, and I have my own projects I have going on. So we're taking a minute before actually looking for band members. Yeah, yeah, that's I good. I know um, this Friday we're gonna be at, or no, you're gonna be at. I'm gonna <laughs> be at Slow Rise on the Brazzers with the guest guitarist uh, Isaac. Uh, Isaac Martinez. Yeah, since you know Weston Dodd's too good for me. I know that guy. Um... Run down at the shack, shack, the mm-hmm. shack, something. We've done some hired st- gun stuff together, so I posted on Facebook. I need a lead guitar player, player for this Friday. Yeah, and he was the first one to reach out. Yeah. Okay, so uh, for this Friday, was that yesterday? Sorry, was that two days ago? Or you mean this upcoming? This Friday? coming up Friday. I mean. Okay, this show is going to be out tomorrow on um, the twentieth. Okay. So that show is uh, Friday, February twenty fourth. Okay. Friday, February twenty fourth at Slow Rise. Slow Rise in Waco. Uh, Slow Rise on the Brazos. On the Brazos, the yep. one, the the second location, the new location. I haven't been there yet. Is it nice? It's I like fun. the original one. It's cool, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like it. There's a. Um... I wish I was rich, man, because I would just show up in a fucking giant boat, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can literally like get to like there's re- access to the restaurant. Yeah, from yeah, the river. yeah. That would be sick, dude. <clears throat> or just show up in a fucking jet ski. You know? Yes. Yeah. And then eat my pizza while on my jet ski, just cruising Fuck yeah. the river, you know? That'd be sick. Um, outside of that? Uh, we're going to be there again, uh, me and him, March 11th. Yep. Okay. And then we're going to be at Parsons in Whitney in April, uh, April 22nd. And then... I, I remember all this from doing all the bookings for it, I yeah, gotta yeah. think. And then we have some other duo stuff coming up in May. And then during May, uh, we're actually going to go seriously look for band members. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah right now we're we're hosting kind of beginning this. summer, you know, yeah. get out there. And, and we're hosting lo- auditions and stuff right now, but like it's, you don't you don't want to rush not it. really putting too much into it right yeah, now, yeah. you know. And we're looking for people who obviously can play. I mean, that's number 1. Right. But and people be friends and we like to like we all have roles in the group. Like for me it's like other than drummer, manager for the group and for him songwriter and he does all the recording. I was like, we need people who respect our roles. And that's a problem we've had in the past is yeah. people didn't respect my authority. They come in and they want to manage or they want to, you know. Or say I have an ego. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How dare you want to be one of the foundational members and want to, you know, be the, the manager. <laughs> How dare you. Um, and, you know, your experience with music. So, you know, it's it's probably going to be. Well, I mean, it depends. You could have someone who's like got twenty years on their belt, but I mean, with with your ability to like book several different acts at the same time and do all that, it's like you you've got that kind of. Unlocked. The biggest thing I've ever done was my grandma's benefit last June, and I booked all fifteen artists and one band for it. Fifteen acoustic artists and one full band, and I ended up playing Cajon for all fifteen acoustic artists back Dang. to back. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of music. I played for seven day. hours straight. Jesus, mm. um, how much weight did you lose that day? About twenty pounds. Damn. <laughs> do you have have you guys heard from Dustin Brown? If uh, if you might do the uh, in a jam down by the river or uh, I I used to play drums for him a, lot, a couple of years ago and I did the first in a jam by okay. by the river. I'd like to. Um, I know I've heard about it. I just I never knew who to contact. Now I do. Dustin Brown. <laughs> yeah, it'd be Dustin. Yeah, I'll be, be, I'll, be I'll, I'll be doing uh, I'm I'm gonna be doing marketing for it. So, yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna make it big, dude. We're I'll gonna, hit him up for that. Yeah, we're gonna we're awesome. gonna fucking blow it up. Mm-hmm. We got I got a I got a notebook of ideas going on oh, right yeah. here. We're gonna do all kinds of shit. But uh, all right, no, well, I I played drums for him on the first in Jam by the River and fucking loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm well because I haven't had the chance to go the last few years. But because I'm going to be spending so much time marketing for it, I'm definitely going to this one. But yeah. Um, well, so so that people don't have to necessarily remember the dates. It's good that you give them out and put some people's brain. It, it primes them. But yeah, what's uh, the... you you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pornhub. I'm kidding on Pornhub. But you shouldn't be. Uh, we'll have it soon. Yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't see. We were thinking about it. We just didn't want to take Ghost Dance Band's idea because they had the first band porn hub. So we're like, you know what? You know, what? we'll just make it OnlyFans. You know. Um. Well, you know, um, what's that fucking guy's name? That country dude makes some really funny songs. Rodney uh, Carrington. No, 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 no. Uh, Wheeler Walker Jr. Wheeler Walker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the first person I ever saw that that put something on Pornhub. He put something on Pornhub. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's how, that's part of why he blew up. No shit. Because I he was he was that. the first person who put a song on there. I'll be damned. I'll yeah. check that out. Um, but yeah, we're on like all the main socials: um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of it. YouTube. Just just search Live Oak Moonshiners. Yeah, yeah. just search Live Oak Moonshiners. Okay. Cool. Yep. Um, and I if mean, you're interested in our other stuff, you could follow me, Cody Ellinger Music, and his thing, Miliora. Yep. Okay. Which has like 10 likes on Facebook, so that'd be, yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> but, yeah, and I mean, just keep an eye out for our uh, our upcoming album. Um, Self-Sabotage will be out 
Soon. We'll just say soon. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's, that's always safe. Yeah. we. Uh, we're Unless you about, already have it on the calendar. Yeah. Otherwise, just say soon. No, we're, ju- we're just about to, fi- <laughs> to finish up with our with our single right now. Um, all I got to do is retract the vocals and retract the guitar and we're done. Cool. So that'll be coming out probably within the next month or two. And then right after that, self-sabotage will be coming out. Very cool. Well, you heard it here. Uh, Live Oak Moonshiners. We got Caleb. We got Cody. That's it. See you next time. See you. See you.